Hello, welcome back to Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano, and today we have a brand new co-host, Mr. Murray Fox. Say hello, hello. Murray. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. How's it going? Oh, good. How you doing, Murray? I am all right. I'm all right. No complaints. No complaints. The snow's going. It's getting warm. It's beautiful. <laughs> That's right, because not only is Murray first time on this show, but this is the first time this show has gone international. All right, you're crossing the borders. Because <laughs> Murray is from, as we would call it, the Great White North. <laughs> Canada. I'm way up there. <laughs> I'm going really exotic, you know, really far away. <laughs> totally. You can't get more exotic than Canada. I know. What's next, Hawaii? <laughs> Woo. If, I can, if I can record from Hawaii, I'd be thrilled. I will be right there with you. <laughs> And for anyone who doesn't know, Murray comes to us from the Tales from the Long Box, Tales from the Long Box podcast. <laughs> That's true. Which is a hard <laughs> word to say, apparently. Yes, it's uh, my tongue trips over it all the time. So, anything you want to say about that show, real quick, Murray? Let people know. Uh, what it is. We record weekly. We usually get out weekly. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Yes, we have our occasional or lots of. Uh, <laughs> um. Words are leaving me right now. Occasionally we will miss a week, but uh, then we'll throw out like an old an old episode and keep the... Uh, they are much more reliable than this show at getting stuff out <laughs> pretty much every week. Yeah, yeah, we try. We try, we try. We just chit-chat about all sorts of stuff. Well, sometimes we... Some weeks we'll just dive into the old long box and pull something out and read it. Other weeks we look at whatever's catching our fancy. So it's it's fun, yeah. Yeah, whatever, I know you guys talk about whatever news is going on or book reading. I mean, they go through Marvel, DC, Indies, nothing. Yeah. They're not just stuck to any one particular brand. Like, let's say this. Yeah, no. yeah we kind of, <laughs> we bounce all over the place. Bounce all over the place, like Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, although I say that even though I just uh, last week recorded an episode of Paul French for here that was on here on Bloodlines. So. <laughs> oh, ouch. Oh, not ouch. just Bloodlines, we did Bloodbath. Oh, I don't, ooh, oh, wow. It was, wow. <laughs> he was a brave man. Paul's a brave Very man. Very brave. Oh my gosh. I don't even think I read, I know I read like way too many of the Bloodlines annuals, but I don't think I read the, I don't think I read the Bloodbath. And I just realized that means I'm a liar. You're a liar? Liar. What, co- what country does Paul live in? Oh yeah, he's from Canada too. You were not the first. You were not the first international. We already did that, and I didn't even notice. <laughs> there you go. It's Paul's American accent, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> okay, so like Dar- Murray said, we're going to be doing Daredevil today because when you think Thanos and Adam Warlock and cosmic and alien wars, what else are you going to think of but Daredevil? Daredevil and street level crime fighting. Totally. I, I mean, aren't you waiting for Thanos to show up in you know season three of Daredevil? I am. <laughs> That would be amazing. That would get me to watch the show. <laughs> or Moon Dragon shows up. That'd be cool. <gasps> totally. So totally. For anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, we are talking about Daredevil 105. And hold on a second, because if you haven't read it, I am going to explain what's happening in that issue right here. Daredevil 105. Menace from the Moons of Saturn. Had a cover date of November 1973. An original sale date of July 31st, 1973, with a cover price of 20 cents. The writer was Steve Gerber, artist Don Heck and Jim Starlin, inker Don Perlin, letters June Braverman, colorist Janice Cohen, the editor was Roy Thomas, and the cover art was by Don Heck and John Romita Sr. In the previous issue, Daredevil must have been fighting against Craven the Hunter and apparently not doing too good a job. Because this issue opens up with Craven holding an unconscious daredevil over his head and tossing him off a cliff towards the Pacific Ocean below. There's a crowd of people watching, including a barely conscious Black Widow. Daredevil wakes up seconds before he smashes into the rocks below. But to his and everyone else's amazement, he disappears. The police arrive, and with their aid, the Black Widow is able to take down Craven. But what happened to Daredevil? The Man Without Fear comes to in some weird metal corridor, covered with alien-looking designs, though he doesn't see that part. 
Wandering about, he eventually finds a doorway, which automatically opens for him. Inside, he finds a palace of delights, and in the center, a woman. A woman who's apparently in such a deep trance that Daredevil can barely detect a heartbeat. He attempts to wake her, but she comes out of the trance on her own and attacks him. She tells him that she is a priestess of Titan, and he, as a Thanos thrall, is her prisoner. Daredevil, of course, has no idea what she's talking about, and their fight is short-lived as she blasts him with a mind burst. Feeling he is now helpless, she starts a monologue. She was once known as Madame McEvil, but prefers to be known as Moondragon. She tells him how she was born on Earth, but her parents died in a car accident during an encounter in the desert with a UFO. She was found by Mentor, leader of the planet Titan, and he took her back there to be raised in a monastery, learning science, her body, and the power of her mind. She lived this idyllic existence until Thanos brought war to Titan, and a monastery was destroyed, with herself the lone survivor. So she left for Earth to continue her genetic experiments, until she learned that Thanos had agents, or thralls, on Earth as well. Since the only beings to Earth that opposed Thanos lived on America's East Coast, she moved to the West Coast, and made a human ally. This ally helped her to see that Daredevil was one of Thanos' thralls, and so was the entire city of San Francisco, which now must be cleansed. To assist with this cleansing, she has created three agents, the Dark Messiah, Ramrod, and Angar the Screamer. Daredevil opens his mind to her to make her realize how crazy wrong she is, and to her credit, she believes him. However, she is surprised by her human ally, who shoots her. Going back to where the Black Widow is watching the cops take Craven away, a large hulking form is created from the Earth. It is Terex. You can find this issue, reprinted, in The Life of Captain Marvel No. 4, Essential Daredevil Volume 5, Avengers vs. Thanos trade paperback, and digitally on Comixology and Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. And that was me explaining it. So now <laughs> you all know what's going on in that issue. Murray and I are going dis- to discuss it. Totally. Totally, totally. Well, I got to say, Don Heck as the artist is amazing. <laughs> this is some pretty good Don Heck work. I, I had a re-look at it going, wow, Don Heck? Yeah, I've always liked Don Heck. He was like one of the first um, first artists I really... I don't think I would have known his name, but I could recognize his style. He was doing Flash for a while and Justice League, and I, I could always tell that this was a Don Heck. I know he's not everyone's cup of tea or whatever, but I kind of like it. I like him. Well, that's fine. I don't think many people really hate Don Heck. I mean, some I'm sure some do. Uh, Don Heck is at least... In, and I'm not saying it's my opinion of him, but it seems like to be a general idea. Like, John Heck's a journeyman artist. Like, he's there, he does work, but he's not going to be considered, like, Kirby or Dicko or Neil Adams or anything. Like, nothing revolutionary or exciting. Just like, okay, it's good. Yeah, yeah, that's probably right. Except, yeah, I mean, no, that's totally right. But but he was there, like, at the beginning of Mar- Like, he was there at so many of the big Marvel stuff. Like, maybe not first issues and stuff, but he was... Isn't he listed as, like, a co-creator of Iron Man, though? Like at I least, think, art, I, I think he did the art for the first appearance. Even if he didn't design it, he did the initial story. I think so, and he was on a lot of those early issues, like before it was Iron Man. He was on Tales of Suspense, Tales yeah. of something. <laughs> no, Iron Man was Tales of Suspense. There you go. He did a lot of those, and it's it's good stuff. I like it. I like it. And then I mean, he was on Avengers, and hey. It, at the very least, like I said, though, he didn't do anything really bad, and he was constant. He was always there. I mean, that's better than a lot of people. <laughs> totally. Totally. So I I dig his stuff. I always, whenever I find a back issue with his work in it, I uh, I like it. And I actually, like it. I just noticed in the credits, which is kind of funny since I had given the credits when I did a synopsis, <laughs> that there actually are a couple women working on this issue because I mean we're still at a time this is 1973 where there weren't that many women in comics yeah 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 no we've got uh, June colorist. Braverman yeah, yeah the letterer and the colorist yeah and neither name I'm familiar with but me either but good for them they were there totally yeah, I mean at this time it's like what Marie Severin and maybe one or two others Oh, yeah. I know the name Flo Steinberg, but I don't know if she actually did anything more than was like you know behind production stuff. So I don't know if yeah, she was actually yeah. in the books. And yeah. there's that one woman. Oh, I can't remember her name now. Ramona something who used to do like Aquaman. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Fredon, Fredon. I never know how to yes. say your last name. But, but beyond them, I can't really think of many that were working at the time. So. <sighs> no. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. There weren't many. They're trailblazers, these ladies. <laughs> Good for them. Well, I mean, hey, it is one of the earlier books that did have a female on the cover. It's, it's no, not yeah. Just, yeah. This isn't just Daredevil 105. It's Daredevil and the Black Widow 105. Holy. Yeah, and I don't know how long she was with the book, but... Uh, uh, I don't think for much long after this. Uh, a year, maybe. Like, I think maybe two. Gotcha. And then I think she had her own... Not her own book, but at least her own little series or something. In a oh yeah, um, Amazing Adventures. She had her own strip. Yeah, yeah. Around this time in the seventies. Yeah. But this is when Daredevil was living in San Francisco. Yeah, sunny San Francisco. <laughs> this is funny though. Like reading this and seeing Natasha as this um, girlfriend figure who's not quite the the. Uh, the strong, tough one they've made her out to be, you know. Yeah, the strong, tough, sneaky spy that uh, she is in the movies, the uh, the kick-ass. Yeah. Or even the one, she, the character she was in the 80s and 90s in the comics. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, here she's more like, oh, he's gone and I'm, I need a, someone to hold me. <laughs> I know. Yes. Yeah, she's a little needy. Yeah. A little needy, but uh, she'll come into her own in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> And she does fight here. She doesn't just do the whole, oh, I'm, I feel faint. Yeah, no, totally. She does. She holds her own, for sure. Yeah. I guess, like, it sounds like in previous issues she was drugged or something. So she's not at her fighting best in this issue, to be fair. But, yeah, in the beginning, issue, like I said, starts with Daredevil, well, yeah, he's basically being already beaten <laughs> by Craven. <laughs> yes. He's pummeled, poor guy. Well, because once again, Daredevil seems like, basically, he's like the place where Spider-Man's villains go to get, like, an easier win. <laughs> That's totally it. That's right. When Spider-Man's villains need to feel like they're still okay. <laughs> I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. That's and gosh right. darn people are scared of me. That's right. They head on down to San Francisco, and they they take it out on poor Daredevil. <laughs> I mean, even as early as, like, issue two, he fights Electro. Yeah, <laughs> really? Now that I didn't know. Wow. Yeah. Electro breaking, I believe Electro was breaking into the Fantastic Four's headquarters. <laughs> it's like Daredevil was, from the beginning is all about everyone else's cast-offs. That's right, that's right. It's like, look, well, I don't have time Electro, and we don't have time to deal with someone breaking our headquarters. You, you, you take care of that. That's right, you Daredevil. We'll have you look after that. Perfect. Perfect. So, yeah, so as... So we have the crowd watching, and we got all kinds of fun commentary on the crowd, as everyone's apparently too scared to even call the police. <laughs> I know. They are... I, what do they think Craven's going to do? Like, just magically kill them all? I don't get it. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. They have to find phone booths, or, you know... Well, that's true. Yeah, no one's whooping out a cell phone. No, not not at this time. But, I mean, still, I, I mean, in this area, you would expect there'd be, like, a police officer on every street corner or something. Yeah. Especially San Francisco in the early 70s. I mean, wasn't it just kind of a few years ago still very the hubbub of the countercultural movements? Like, wouldn't there have been a bit of bigger police presence? You know, whether they wanted to squash it or they just were concerned that stuff would yeah, happen? Totally. Either way. Totally. Either way, these guys were too scared to go grab the... Uh, the local cops. But like we said, Natasha isn't too scared, but Craven chucks Daredevil off the cliff anyway, and then, poof, gone. Vanishes. Yeah, that's it for Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, I, sorry, yeah, I was just going to say he's gone, so he's, uh, he's yeah, teleported away. And I, I have to say, the cops do pretty decent here. I mean, usually cops are just like background, but here the cops actually mostly take out Craven. You know? Yeah, no, here they're definitely, yeah, they play a. They're involved. They play a role. Mm-hmm. And. Huh. Which kind of goes for me, like what I see in the Daredevil show is like, because he's not, except for his senses, he's not super strong and vulnerable or super, super athletic, you know. 
agile. I mean, he's agile, but just normal, so. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like, he better. needs help sometimes, even against Craven. <laughs> totally. Oh, for sure. Craven's like a... He's a big circus dude. And he's probably <laughs> all hopped up in his jungle drugs. That's right. Totally. Totally. Yes. So, and then we find Daredevil. So, when we go back to Daredevil, and this is the part, the reason why we're doing this issue on the show, Daredevil is on a spaceship, or some kind of futuristic base. Yeah, he gets... He gets zapped to, uh, yeah. Somewhere. Somewhere. And and this is the part I found interesting. When he finally goes in that doorway, and he goes into what they call the paradise, the multi-tiered garden of unearthly delights, a pleasure dome to rival nay humble Kubla Khan. Yes, we got the Stan Lee. I mean, it's not Stan Lee, but it's, you know. Yeah. It's flowery. But not just... (laughs) It just oh. makes me wonder. I mean, this is Moon, because, like we said, it, this is Moon Dragon. So, I, I mean, based on this and a few other things that are said, I don't think Moon Dragon was really too concerned about the whole Thanos thing. Because, no. <laughs> yeah, she's, you're uh, not setting up this pleasure palace if you're in the middle of a war. She's like, I'll help. <laughs> but, you totally. know. Totally, totally. She's got, like, this big old beautiful garden that she's just hanging out in. I mean, as I'm reading this, the voice in my head from Moondragon I'm getting is... you've see, Have you seen Futurama? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um... Oh, God, I forget his name. The one robot. The pleasure bot, or whatever his name is. <laughs> yes. That's, uh... He's like, whoa, hello! <laughs> or something like totally. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the uh, voice I have for Moondragon in my head. <laughs> That's spot on. Because <laughs> she's kind of like a more, you know, a, a more civil-minded version of him. You yeah, know, it's totally. not the only thing she's concerned about, but it's it's pretty high up. It's there. way up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> However, don't be interrupting her meditating because she'll smack you. <laughs> yeah, because Daredevil thinks she's almost dead because he can barely hear her heartbeat and apparently she is the most strikingly beautiful female he's ever quote-unquote seen well he is blind yeah (laughs) (laughs) she cuts a fine figure in that green yeah and she's pretty much i mean that's like almost a that's like a, a, a more modest version of shadow lass's costume oh totally yeah 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 I mean, yeah, it covers a little more skin, yeah. 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 But basically, it's just a bathing suit. It's a one-piece. Yeah, bathing suit, cape, boots, what more? What more do you need in the 70s there? Yeah, and of course, the big gloves, because you got to protect those forearms. That's right. Big, long gloves. <laughs> Let's forget the big parts of your side and stomach that can be easily stabbed. <laughs> your arms will look great. <laughs> but your wrists will be perfectly safe. That's right. They're totally protected. <laughs> now, is this is this Moon Dragon's first appearance or no? No, she has appeared one other time, and she was called as she calls herself on the cover, Madame McEvil. In Iron, <laughs> yeah, I know Iron Man fifty four, the issue before Thanos appears. Oh, okay, okay. So she's been around a very tiny bit. Yeah, uh, I was just looking up earlier. That cover date was January 73, and this is like October or November 73. So, less than a year. Yeah, 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 yeah. And in that one, she just kind of convinced somehow got Iron Man and Nemo to fight. Right, 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 right. Wow, here. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You need some excuse, so. <laughs> yeah, although I don't know about her excuse. I mean, I was rereading it earlier today, the issue, and her reasoning for what she's doing doesn't seem to hold much water. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> she has, uh, well, one thing, she does have temper issues. <laughs> yes, that's what I remember. See, I remember Moon Dragon from probably when she was hanging out with the Avengers, I think. And it was, who else was around there? Like, Wonder Man and his jacket days and bouncy blue furry beast. And I think she was hanging around at that point. And she was kind of, yeah, she was like the cold, little icy, very 
very tight and contained and stuff. So, you know, this is kind of right up her alley. <laughs> yeah, she was a, she was there like a couple times around that time period when the Beast yeah. was there at Wonder Man because I think she left around one. She was there for like the whole Serpent Crown story when Hellcat appeared, and then left at like around one fifty. Right, and then right, she was, right. And then she was back like every other Avenger for the Korvac saga. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yes. And then she comes back later on when I believe it, it was a shooter story where she pretty much mentally rapes Thor and makes her like you know fall in love with her. <laughs> well, you know, so. you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, mental powers like mental roofies, you know, that's right. That's right. It's the way it works in uh, in uh, Marvel land there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like we said, she has a temper because Daredevil just goes to see if she's OK and she just knocks him on his ass. <laughs> yes. Gives him the backhand and. And she's pissed because she was still preparing to meet him for their meeting. I'm like, well, don't let him get there then. <laughs> don't tell, don't bring somebody into your house. I'll unlock all the doors and then be cranky when they wait, when they happen to wander where you are. I know. <laughs> yeah, she's, uh, well, you know, she's not the most logical at this point. No. <laughs> and then they do the full on battle, which is, you know, Oh, yeah, of course, because... R for the course. She believes he is a, a, one of Thanos' thralls, which is why she's here in this issue. She believes Daredevil is under control of Thanos, or works for Thanos. Mm-hmm. Although I like how she introduces herself. I, I am all things to all men. Philosopher, <laughs> warrior, scientist, lover. <laughs> yeah, you got to put that in there, too. <laughs> Modest. <laughs> yeah, some, she left that off the list. Yeah, huh. for some reason... Crazy. Well, yeah, she is, modesty has never been something you've accused Moondragon of being. I mean, no. Well, just, no, look what she's wearing. That's not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she's like, modest there. <laughs> she's like, I look this good and I got no hair. Okay? That's right. I am rocking the bald look. Uh-huh. Like, I'll do these driving suit looks. Whatever. Bring on the Wonder Woman outfit. Come on. I can, do it. Right. I can pull it off with no hair. Next. With no hair, exactly. Exactly. Alrighty, but of course they're doing the whole, like you said, they're fighting, and I, I do like why Daredevil keeps saying, "I don't know what you're talking about, lady. Please stop being crazy for five seconds." <laughs> I mean, as much as they're driving her kind of nuts, and also, like I said, and we'll get to that in a minute, some of her story doesn't seem to make sense. They are writing Daredevil as realistically reacting to this. It's like, oh, for sure, yeah, about yeah, you lunatic. <laughs> Will you please stop hitting me? <laughs> I'm still waiting for the water. I was like, you know, he's going over a cliff. He's expecting splish in the lake. And, you know, he's a little disoriented, poor guy. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, how dare you be here when I brought you here? <laughs> yeah, that's Moondragon. <laughs> and he finally, like, he finally gets her to stop fighting, but she doesn't trust him. But she will still explain her entire history to him. That's right. <laughs> you know, like you do. That is right. What better way to build trust with someone you're not sure of than by telling them every little secret about you? Yes. <laughs> I'm sure that will never bite you in the ass. Yeah, no, that's totally fine. Totally fine. No problems there at all. But, yes, yeah, uh-huh. so we get her origin, which... I know, like, as I know, you primarily have been a DC guy for the most part. I mean, I know you've done some Marvel, but you've done primarily DC. So I don't know how much of Moondragon's past, his, you know, her origin do you know of. I think this was all new to me when I was reading it. So it was kind of, uh, I, yeah, like, I, I was not familiar with it at all. But it's all it's all kind of cool. And it's all done by Jim Starlin here. The uh, Yes. Early Jim Starlin. Because it's him doing this part to tie, because he's obviously tying it into the whole Captain Marvel Thanos story going on right now, and this is tying it even more so. For sure, and I, yeah, I don't even think I was. Although I guess I should have been, because like she's from, she is from Titan, but I didn't realize that there was as much of a connection between her and and Thanos as uh, as we see here. Yeah, I think over the years it's kind of been ignored a bit. They kind of just focus on him and like Adam Warlock for the most part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, when I think, 
big Thanos stories, like with the Infinity Gems and stuff. I don't remember her being there, or if she was there, she was like a background character. Like she was never a pivotal part in those stories. I don't think. Yeah. Totally blanking, but uh, I don't. At least not in Infinity Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other two she was, but not. In, I don't remember. At least I, by memory, I don't remember her being that big in Infinity Gauntlet. But then again, neither was you know Star Fox, and I mean that's his brother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and see that I wouldn't have. I probably knew that at some point on some level, but but uh, yeah, when you think when I think Thanos, I don't think automatically um, Star Fox. Yeah, you think Adam Warlock or Captain Marvel? Yes, yes, you do. No one cares about his family. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. Well, I mean, if you had him for a brother, would you? <laughs> would you want to be? <laughs> no, I, I still want to know. I mean, maybe there's a book I've missed, but I still want to know. If, I was, if I, that was my brother, like, Dad, seriously, who was she? There yeah, is no I, way this came from Mom. But purple skin and the scroll chin. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> what bar did you get drunk in, please? That's right. We want the details. <laughs> Give me the National Enquirer version here. He is a half-brother, right? He's not a full brother. Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> kind of like Thor's line in the Avengers movie, you know. Uh, he's adopted. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's not really my brother. <laughs> yeah, we just let him sit at the table. <laughs> there we go. So, yeah, so we got, like, her full-on history here. Yeah, she's abandoned when they see a... Oh, I like that. UFOs, as you called them in those days. So, were they calling them something else in the 70s? Like, I really want to know that. Like, was it something else? Yeah, no, they were always UFOs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to figure out why Gerber would write that. I don't know. I do not know. But anyway, so yeah. So, baby girl, little girl, car accident with a UFO. Because that happens. Totally. And happens all the time. <laughs> and so, of course, Mentor shows up to bring her to Titan with him. And then Absolutely. dump her in an orphanage. <laughs> yes, because there's no better place for a little girl than a space orphanage. <laughs> well, by that point, he had probably, you know what, Mentor, you know, one knows going on to other planets. He probably read Superman. He's like, oh, that girl from another planet shows up? Dump her in an totally. orphanage. <laughs> it worked out all right for her. Yeah. <laughs> We'll put a wig on you. It'll be all good. <laughs> That's right. You'll be our little secret weapon. Exactly. Well, <laughs> she's try- kind of trying to be that, actually, this way. Because in the man- main storyline of this with Captain Marvel, she has not been mentioned at all yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's definitely a secret weapon right now. <laughs> totally. <laughs> she's very, very, very secret. Very much on the down low. <laughs> no one even knows she exists. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, instead of bringing her just to an orphanage, he dumps her off at a monastery. Yeah. Mm, poor kid. Well, I mean, she seemed to be happy. She seems to have liked it. Yes, she she has... She's... She's taken to it. She's taken to monastery life. Yeah. Learning. She becomes a geneticist. She becomes really, obviously, a very skilled martial artist. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh. And of course, and because this is like things I noticed in here, I'm like, wow, like I think he's really subtly putting this in with her. I discovered my body that it was mind to control, that it could withstand enormous stress and yield enormous pleasures. Uh huh, uh huh. Yeah, this is the seventies for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they're trying to create a new type of character here. Totally. <laughs> I mean, all those little, like, fan theories you would have about characters and, you know, groups of them together and how it would go. And I think, like, Steve Gerber was trying to get a little bit more overt with that here. Yeah. <laughs> He's saying, Moondragon, she would be the life of the party. <laughs> yeah. You know, if that stick got, you know, somehow get that stick out of her ass, you know, hey. Yeah. <laughs> Once you remove that, get it, yeah, get a, <laughs> get her a little loosened up and then. You know, Moondragon would be the first one putting her hand in the fishbowl, grabbing keys out. That's right, totally, totally. <laughs> oh, and she would teach you things. Mm-hmm. True. Hey. Yes, totally. Freaky ball chick. <laughs> but 
But of course, you know, Thanos decides to blow everything up. The way he does. Yes. Which did happen because we talked about a few up several episodes ago in Captain Marvel. I think it says 27 when they fight him to uh, free Titan from his control, temporarily at least. But yeah, like here it says here, the first thing she reasons comes to Earth is just continue her experiments. She's like, ah, crap, my home got destroyed. All right, I'm going to go work somewhere else. Yeah, she's really good at segmenting those things. <laughs> I'll put my little anger and sadness in that box over there, and we'll deal with it later. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, oh, Thanos is here now, and he's trying to create over here. I guess I'm going to fight him. <laughs> That's so, right. I mean, if Thanos had never come to Earth, I wonder if she ever would have come out fighting or just kind of just done her work and lived her life, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. you wonder. She could have been, yeah, she was just kind of... Yeah, doing her own thing. Like, I ah, let him take over Titan. I don't care. <laughs> that's right. I'm over here with my plants and my genetics. It's all good. My Kubla Khan-esque place. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'm in my own little Xanadu. <laughs> Daddy, has Hulk always been green? Well, no. Daddy, has Spider-Man ever been married? Well, that's quite complicated. Daddy, did Superman have a mullet? What? No, there's no... Daddy, does Howard the Duck use foil language? Okay, stop. I must have done something wrong with your education somewhere along the line, but it's time to rectify that. You mean... Don't say it! You're doing another podcast? Oh, no. Podcast? Yes. Mark's Mess Podcast, an ongoing podcast to introduce and inform my children about the world of comics, science fiction, and general geekery. Join me each month along with my eldest daughter, Charlotte. Who's my father? And my youngest, Catherine. Me! As we explore all this together. Find us at marksmesspodcast.blogspot.co.uk On Facebook at marksmesspodcast And on Twitter at marksmesspodcast without the T A new podcast On a new feed Same old Mark <sighs> And now the next page is where the thing I said about again like her motivations and Maybe her sanity is a little questioned, though, now. I mean, maybe she did have, like, PTSD or had some kind of, like, you know, shock effect because of the bombing there. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. Uh, finally learning that Titan's only Earth allies, the Kree Captain Marvel and Iron Man himself, lived on this continent's eastern shore, I moved my interstate base here to the west. <laughs> yes. Now, if, if you want to be involved, like she said she does, you go... To those people, you contact them, you say something, you don't go as far away as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, uh, she's working her, uh, <laughs> working her plan in really intricate ways here. It's like she's trying to modify what happened and explain later on. It's like, well, you know, I thought it'd be better to be here and be in reserve. Yeah. <laughs> to help out. In the end, when you needed me. Yes. <laughs> but not not in the beginning. No, no, no. And that's why I didn't tell you I was here and gotten came very fast and changed my name and came over here very, very fast. Well, I mean <laughs> Madam McEvil <laughs> You wanna change your name there. <laughs> well, yeah. But still, it's like you know, it's like yeah, that's why I snuck over here without you knowing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I would be here for you, really. Totally. I got your back. Eventually. That's, that's right up there with Honey. No, Honey, I, I swear, I thought of you the entire time when I was with her. <laughs> that's right. Totally. <laughs> but I thought about you. That's right. That's right. It was all you. <laughs> I, was having, I was like, look at this before. going, oh, God, this, this chick is crazy. Yes. Well, and you know what? Daredevil agrees. He's like, sweetie, you are a... Raving paranoid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think she actually did have some kind of actually look at it. She must have had some kind of effect from being her that whole all the priests and all the the temple she was living in being destroyed because she runs to Earth and then she's like, oh, the battle's here. I'm going over here and then she starts seeing enemies. Like she gets paranoid. Like he said, enemies are everywhere. The entire city is under his control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone is a Thanos thrall. When they're as, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, are you nuts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Sometimes a bank robber is just a bank robber. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently vil- several villains he's fought in the last few issues, which have been Dark Messiah, Ramrod, and Angar the Screamer, who I think is the only one who's still somewhat around. Yeah, he sounds familiar. Like, I don't think the other two still are. No, but I've certainly... I think Angar is, is still kind of kicking around. Yeah. So he has some staying power, but she created them to help fight Thanos, although I don't know how she thought, you know, criminals and stuff would help her fight Thanos, and, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, any port in a storm or something. <laughs> so as she says their names, of course, we have to bring out now the three villains, because I guess it's like Beetlejuice, you hear your name, you show. That's right, you hear your name, and that's your signal, man. So we have the Dark Messiah... Uh huh. Who's like a construction worker guy? Marvel has this thing about turning yeah. construction guys into crazy villains, huh? I mean, he's got this lot, really like Arnold, you know, early late seventies, early eighties Arnold type body, long yeah. flowing blonde hair, and this uh huh, just weird looking blue costume with like a just actually just a plain blue costume. Yeah, plain blue with a little triangle on his. Uh, chest there. And is that supposed to be black trunks or a black belt? I think it's a belt. Okay. A really wide belt. I that think. Would, that would make more sense. Mm-hmm. And then we have Ramrod, who... <laughs> I love this guy's costume. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's on the cover there. Oh, yeah, it's... um. Wow. Yeah. Pants... No and shirt. A hood, kind of. <laughs> it's like a. It's. What's that thing? It, what's it called? Like a dicky or something? Where it looks like you have another shirt under your, like. That's shirt. totally it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a dicky with a hood. That's it, a dicky. But with it, you know, that covers his head, too. But he doesn't have the shirt on over the dicky to make it look like he is. You know, so it's supposed to look like he has a whole armor on under his shirt, but he doesn't have the shirt to cover but it up. But he doesn't have the shirt, because. Why would you want a shirt? Because, come on. <laughs> yes, that's, uh, that is an outfit for the ages. That's an outfit <laughs> for the Bronze Age. Yes. Totally. To- yeah, it makes no sense, but, but then look at Angar. I mean, woo. Yeah. <laughs> that is, uh, now that, that vest. The best has potential, but uh, that would be a cool cosplay. Someone has to do an Angar the Screamer cosplay. <laughs> totally, totally get that funky seventies vest and the the headband, stains, the headband. Yes. Although, does that just me or that second panel there? Does that kind of look like a swastika on his headband? Um, it kind of does. Although I'm wondering if maybe that's supposed to be like the. Buddhist or near, you know, the Eastern swastika? Maybe. Because yeah. I know, like, they had, like, their own swastika, which meant, like, good luck and peace. It's just kind of been, obviously, overshadowed by the other version of the swastika. <laughs> the other one. <laughs> I think since Angar's got this whole hippie thing going on, we can go with the, uh, the peace symbol, sort of. Yeah. And he obviously is having some issues because he keeps saying, I'm David and I'm sane, right? I'm sane. <laughs> exactly, which is what all the sane people do. <laughs> I'd like the steak for dinner, honey, because I'm sane. And I'm going to take the car out to get a little bit of gas. And I'm also sane, sweet pie. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to stab these elves there in the car- in the cabinets here because I'm sane. <laughs> That's right. Totally. Oh, and then that mustache, that Fu Manchu yeah. mustache. Ooh. Which he apparently didn't bother to dye, because his hair is all bright red or orangey, but that mustache is black. It's straight up black, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, that's totally a cosplay outfit, just begging to be... Uh, oh, someone needs to do that. <laughs> begging to be uh, created there. I mean, I I can't do. I need to go to the gym for way too long to go. 
could, you know, put that outfit on, have the ripped. Unless I'm getting, like, yeah. one of those, um, Ricardo Montalban fake chests. Yeah, totally. Then, well, of course, then you could totally pull it off. <laughs> totally. Oh, so I, yeah, I had no idea that Moondragon, like, created the three of these guys or brought them out of their, uh, she yeah. brought them into being there. Yeah, I mean, I think the only one who probably had any staying power, so to speak, was Angar the Screamer. Yeah, he's stuck around a little bit. He's been, he's shown up here and there. I, I don't know of the other two. They, they, I went up he bells for me. Yeah. But then again, also maybe it's partially because I'm in one of the early comics you randomly get. I did have like a, one of those handbook of the Marvel Universe issues that had Angar the Screamer. Oh yes. So for me, he's always, you know, I've I've been aware of him before. I've been aware of a lot of you know more important characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think he was. I want to say he popped up in Defenders or something. Oh, I would not be surprised. Yeah. I mean, this is a Steve Gerber written book. Yeah, 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 and he had a good run on the Defenders, too, so... Yeah, and this that's definitely a Gerber type of character. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to make you all basically feel like you just dropped trip, you know, you're tripping? Totally. <laughs> yes, that is him for sure. And so, now back to Daredevil and uh, Moondragon, as he's, he's shaking her to get to her senses. I know. <laughs> As you do. Because when someone goes kooky, you just got to shake them. <laughs> if I shake you long enough, you'll stop. That's right. That is right. And it works so well. <laughs> I didn't realize you were shaking her until just now when I noticed that. I noticed those yeah. little shaky lines. I know. <laughs> and her face. <laughs> got the little nose pointed up, but she's just... She's like, what? Stop it. <laughs> totally, 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 and finally she gives him the ma- the mind whammy jammy there. Yes, she's like fine, and her mind whammy jammy. I have to say though, don't always worry my mind. You know, her Professor X. Let's say I'm gonna pick her. Oh, totally, because this looks more this looks more hot. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, Professor X. He has not got the sex appeal of a of a moon dragon here. I mean, she she gets nice and in close. That's right. <laughs> uh, yes. And realizes that, oh, yeah, I made a mistake. <laughs> Apparently the person who, random person who told me you were evil was lying. What? <gasps> Crazy. <know>. Crazy. <laughs> because we get shown her part, our partner who told her that. Apparently it is someone named Kerwin J. Broderick. Wow. And then he shoots her. <laughs> Not with a bullet, though. Don't worry, everyone. It's yes. just a big electro ray or something. It, it looks like it's shooting water or air. Oh, yes. Yes. It's a giant water gun. It's a super soaker. <laughs> exactly. Well, and apparently Moondragon is, is very uh, vulnerable to super soakers because she just crumples. Well, and she is wearing a bathing suit. Yeah, you would think it would all work, but no. I know. Nope, her bathing suit is not one of those water-friendly bathing suits. (laughs) And meanwhile, uh, she gets shot. We go back to the scene where uh, Moondragon was initially with the cops there, after Craven being led away. And all of a sudden, we get some kind of energy crackling around them, and uh, some green... looks like a golem. Yeah, 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 totally. Totally. It kind of looks like the Hulk with an afro. Yeah. And no purple. Yeah, way more green, and even more green than the Hulk. Like, there's no shading, it's just all... Well, there's shading here, but I mean... Like, the hair and the head are the same color. The Hulk's hair is a different green than he is. Exactly, yeah. No, this guy is all one similar, similar tone of green for sure. And, and this is Terex. Ter- what do you say, Terex, you think? Yeah, Terex. Terex, yeah. okay. Uh, and, oh, yeah, he says he is the Earth itself. He is Earth itself, which would make sense when I said he looks like a golem, kind of. Because yeah, because he's just coming right up there to the Earth. So, now, yes. Fantastic Four had, like, a villain named Terex. 
or something. I, I'm trying or, to remember if it's Terex or Terax or something, but it's close enough. Be, he has Earth powers, yeah. He was a Herald of Galactus. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, but that's not this dude. This is a totally different... I'm pretty certain it's not, because that guy was an alien, I thought. Yeah, well, yeah, alien or negative zone or something. Yeah, yeah one of the two. But yeah, because he had a big axe. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, I know he was a Herald of Galactus. I think he was created during Burns' run. Oh, yeah, yeah, that rings a bell. I just mainly know him because he was, like, the villain in New Warriors number one. Oh, okay. There you go. He gets around. Oh, yeah. Random, in the random things you remember, it's like, I remember New Warriors 1. <laughs> there you go. Apparently, uh, Black Widow is, she's involved with one of the police officers. Maybe. Now, I thought they, her and Daredevil were together, but maybe. Yeah, I, know. I thought so too, but, but she looks, she looks like she's awfully cozy with this police officer. Yeah. Well, I know this is near the end of the run of her on it, and I know they break up around that time, so maybe they already broke up. Right, right. And she's just filling out her contract until she can jump over to uh, her own book. Adventures, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got three more issues here, so... All right, Daredevil, I know we broke it up, but... I'm going to hook up with Paul over here. Hook up with Paul for just a little while... And then I'll move on. Don't you worry. Yeah. <laughs> the book will be yours all over again. You can go back to New York and do whatever you're going to do. That's right. You go back to New York and wait for Frank to show up. That's right. Well, yes. <laughs> She's not far wrong. No. <laughs> yes. That's basically what happens. So that was part one of a three-part Daredevil story that somehow, like we said, involves the Thanos War. I know I was very surprised when I first was looking up what issues were involved with that to see that Daredevil was one of them. Yeah, so, it's it's yeah, it would never have been something that I would have guessed it uh, being included. Yeah, uh, Fantastic Four or Marvel Two and One with the Thing, especially since the Thing was in like the first part of it, like the first or second part in Captain Marvel. Yeah, that would make sense for sure. Because the thing is, usually a character you can see more being in the street level and also the cosmic stuff. Yeah, he's he can do it all. He's very adaptable. You can throw the thing into just about anything, and he's gonna yeah, he's gonna do just fine. He's gonna clobber some things. He's gonna sweet aunt Petunia some things, and then then it's all good. <laughs> yeah, but Daredevil not so much. I mean. There are some street level type characters that you can go back and forth from that, like Batman. Yes, you can totally beat Batman with alien stuff because you know he's in the league, and then you have Batman fighting muggers. Totally, he can kind of handle it both. As long as the muggers stay on one side of the street and the aliens are on the other side of the street, it's all good. Yes. So, Mm -hmm. but so, what did you think of this issue, Murray? I liked it. Yeah, yeah. No, I really did. I thought it was. uh, I thought it was cool. I thought the Moon Dragon origin kind of drags for a little bit, but. but like all the scenes where Daredevil's interacting with her or Daredevil's hanging out with Black Widow and stuff, that's all fun. Like that's just straight up fun stuff. Like you got the the Marvel soapy stuff going on and you got the action and you got the classic Marvel villain thrown in there. It was fun. It was fun stuff. Yeah, the yeah, the yeah, that did make it like kind of drag the issue a little bit, but Starlin has obviously has a story that he's trying to get told because I just recorded, you know, taking back the pulling back the curtain a little bit, even though it came out a few episodes ago. Last night, I just recorded the issue for uh, Captain Marvel 29, which does have like a lot of origin of Eon and Thanos, like the uh, Eternals of Titan and stuff. And it's kind of similar. Like you got stuff going on. And then in the middle, we're going to give you the whole info dump of all, you know, everyone's (laughs) origin. Yes, and it's kind of cool, though, that Marvel is letting the story get told, like, kind of all over the place. and kind Se- of, Semi-organically. Yeah, 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 yeah. And being told by the same voice, you know what I mean? So they, they had no problems dropping Jim Starlin into the middle of this issue for a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, all these guys, you know, were living together, you know, or hanging out together in New York. I mean, Jim Starlin... Uh, Steve Gerber, all of them. 
So they probably were all hanging out together talking about stuff. And it's like, oh, I'll put her in my book and, you know, you yeah, can use my yeah, guy yeah. over there and I'll, I'm going to put her in Daredevil because that would be fun. I'm going to Daredevil fight these trippy guys and make her create them. Yeah, and it like it all kind of works, right? Like that's cool. Like it's it's neat to see all that interconnectivity there. Yeah, like the, I do like that. Like this kind of the way they did then, where like they had these crossovers, but it wasn't you know part one of twelve. And in order to understand what's going on over here, you must read these eight issues here. Yeah, no, you get yeah. This is very much oh, very much uh, no. No, a self-contained story. <laughs> Bad puppy. Bad puppy. Oh no, poor puppy. Give him a bone. Like I said, I like these kind of more organic, so to speak, crossovers they had back then, where it was just kind of like all these little ways showing that, like, yeah, it's one big universe. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Instead of if you're strict crossovers. Yeah, yeah. Like if you happen to be reading the book and you pick it up, you get you get. Regular character in your regular story, but then you get like a little hook to kind of pull you along somewhere else or whatever. Yeah, I, I I see the I see the attractiveness of having these things just kind of pop up. Ideally, you're going to look at everything. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the way that looks like they're trying to, and I'm not taking side, trying to take sides here or say one company's better than the other with it. I'm saying it's just kind of like look at the, the model they're trying to go with with the Marvel movies right now. And the TV shows, like, they're not always doing these huge, big crossover things saying, you know, Captain America's here, but it's like, oh, look, Agent Carter, she's fighting Roxxon, and uh, Daredevil's fighting Roxxon. Hey, you yes. notice? Same yeah. company, it's still there. Guess what? It's feedback begging time again, where I beg you, please do something feedback-wise. What can you do? Well, you can go on iTunes and leave us a review. Preferably five stars, but I'll take anything at this point. You can also send us an email for your thoughts, criticisms, poems, whatever. Resurrectionspodcast at yahoo.com Go visit our Tumblr page, resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com New episodes are posted up there, images from the issues we cover, and whatever random stuff I think of. You can also find similar things on our Facebook page. Just type in Resurrections into the Facebook search box and it'll help you find it. Also... The show is on Twitter now. It has an official Twitter feed, at AdamThanosPod. Finally, you want more of me? Go look for John Wilson's show, The New 52 Adventures of Superman. I am his co-host on the Road to Rebirth episodes, where we chronicle the issues from DC's New 52 series that lead towards the rebirth that is happening right now. There's already two episodes out. Go listen to them after we've finished this one going to be a quick friends and enemies section this time. This book had a cover date of November 1973, which is the same cover date that Captain Marvel 29 and Marvel Feature 12 had. So you can find the friends and enemies section from episode 44. And in case you don't know, the friends and enemies section is where we talk about the other Marvel books that had the same cover date as the book we talked about today that either Adam or Thanos have appeared in before. So go listen to one from episode 44. It's the same as this one. All right. Well, anything else you want to say on this issue? Any other thoughts you had on that or on the characters? No, I think I think oh. it was uh, it was all very cool. Oh, but poor Daredevil didn't get a lot to do this issue. I mean, other than I mean, he got to fight yeah. Moon Dragon. Poor Gun kind of shoved aside for a little while and left the. But that's kind of cool too, right? That they could that they were uh, confident enough in their story or whatever to let him. Bounce to the side for a little while while the main story gets uh, gets told. Yeah, he comes. He's just kind of like a really, it's the observer in this story. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Now, when this this story continues, you said it's a three part Daredevil story, right? Yes, yes, yeah. So he gets to bounce around another couple of issues, and oh yeah, it all comes together. Exactly. <laughs> and while, unfortunately, you won't be here for that, Murray, but the next two issues will feature the other two, there because there are three guys who do Tales from the Long Box podcast, and the oh. other two will be here for the next two issues. Absolutely. So they'll get to, uh, they'll get to wrap it up. <laughs> 
Well, you started it, and one of them will. I forget which. I guess that's uh, right. One next. of them will finish it. Yeah. One gets to bring it along, and then one of them will get to be there for the ending. I mean, one day if it works out, maybe I'll have all three of you on at once. But <laughs> slowly, slowly build yeah. the uh, build the recording there. Oh, I figured. I you guys get back. Sorry, what? Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I was just. I get back to the covers. I was kind of flipping through, and it's. Uh, they got weird. Not weird colors, but they they've really like pumped up the reds. Yeah, I'm trying to remember because I actually haven't read Iron Man 54 because it's not really considered part of the uh, story. At least it wasn't initially. I guess kind of retroactively, it is here from what she says her reasons for making them fight. Right, right. But also, I know Adam Warlock doesn't appear in that at all, and Thanos doesn't. I mean, I'll go for as little appearance as possible. I mean, Thanos barely appears in this issue. Right, 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 right. But he's he's there. But he, can, yeah. yeah. But Iron Man 54, I mean, that's a month before his first appearance. He definitely doesn't appear. No. So. And it's it's really just a moon dragon. Yeah. It's more a moon dragon. And I mean, she's connected tangentially, but... but uh, yeah. No, maybe later on, maybe at some point I'll feel like, you know... If somebody likes that issue enough, they say they want to go talk about it, we'll just go jump back into that one real quick to do that issue. But for now, that's not as important. But yeah, maybe she was wearing red in that first appearance. I don't know. Uh, it just looks weird. Because it does. Yeah. Green. yeah, and you would think the green, if she, if they had put her in green, it would have, like, balanced. It would have worked, right? Because you got... Uh, oh, this cover you mean, what's yeah. His name? Yeah, like Ramrod's pants are green down in the bottom corner and you've got like a green background so if she'd been in her green outfit it would have made like a bit of a triangular and it would have yeah made more balance like you said because angar his outfit is mostly reddish on the cover you got yeah. daredevil all red the dark messiah who looks very different on the cover than he does inside yeah he's got this yeah he's like orange yeah <laughs> oh orange. and his hair's black yeah he's from uh he got bleached out in the uh, in the book, yeah. and he has a white costume with red highlights on it. Yeah, totally. You're right. You're right. And it looks like they're standing on lava or fire or something. <laughs> so her in red kind of just like kind of blends in a bit more as opposed to standing out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. And it just also just it, like I said, she's so used to her in green. It's just weird. It's like reading the issues of uh, Fantastic Four. Where the human torch is in a red outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are some. Uh, yeah, it just kind of jolts you out of uh, out of the book a little bit because you're 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 totally used to seeing him in blue, but then he had the he had that stretch of a year or two where he was uh, in the red outfit. And you're like, in the red. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it, it has an effect actually where it makes it look like they're almost not a team. It does, and I think well, and that was kind of oh yeah thing at the time. That's right? like what we're all. Andy Leyland and Steve Lacey from Fantastic Cast said the same thing. Yeah, because I was talking with them, and it was like, yeah, you have Medusa who doesn't have an, an FF costume; she just has a four in her costume. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so with the thing, never you know, he just wearing his regular, you know, bathing suit outfit. Yeah, they all just kind of look like four people and not a team. Yep, and that was exactly what they were uh, going for. That's what the team was going through at the time, right? They were all kind of going their separate ways, or you had the these four people pulled. Yeah, I mean, being pulled apart. Yeah, being pulled apart and still wanting to keep the Fantastic Four somehow. So, but that's a bit beyond what I was. The point I, I went a bit beyond what I was supposed to be trying. The point I was trying to make here. My point, <laughs> my main point, was supposed to be just that it looks weird to see him in red because he's always in the blue outfit, and it's the same here. It's like. This, who is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah. Green is is totally more her. Uh, it works. Green works on her where red doesn't really. Red makes her look even more. I mean, when she gets gets crazy as Moon Dragon, she still just looks kind of like her. But with the red here, she, I mean, I don't know if they tried more, but like her face looks more evil. I mean, that fits the Madame McEvil name. Oh, totally, totally, totally. And maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe that's what she looked like in. Her Iron Man appearance. Who knows? I'm gonna have to definitely read that. Even if I'm not covering it, I want to. I have to read that one of these days. <laughs> you gotta find it. You gotta find out the secret of the red. <laughs> I mean, it'd be easy enough. I'm pretty certain it's on the uh, Marvel Unlimited, and I have that. There you go. Perfect. 
you will be able to find the answer. Justice League International, Blah Ha Ha Podcast. A new monthly show chronicling the adventures of the JLI era by Keith Giffen and J.M. DeMatteis. We'll be going issue by issue, in release order, tackling the core Justice League title, Justice League Europe, and the quarterly book. Along the way, we'll take time out for special episodes covering various spin-offs, cartoon appearances, the infamous TV pilot, and much more. So join me in an ever-changing roster of guest hosts as we celebrate your favorite JLI members, such as... Martian Manhunter. Batman. Dr. Fate. Black Canary. Fire. Ice. Maxwell Lord. Oberon. Captain Marvel. Rocket Red. Captain Adam. Mr. Miracle. Guy Gardner. Booster Gold. Blue Beetle. Nort. And many, many more. Justice League International. Blah Ha Ha Podcast. Coming March 2016 as part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Want to make something of it? This show can now be found on Stitcher. In case you don't know what Stitcher is, Stitcher is Radio On Demand, a free app that lets you listen to all your favorite shows, plus discovered from 20,000 others. Available on iOS, Android, Nook, and iPad. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at stitcher.com or in the App Store. All right. Well, if that if there's nothing else, then Marie. Well, then at least I want to say thank you for being coming on. Oh, I really appreciate it. No problem. It was fun. Thank you. Good. Yeah. Figured you got. I mean, great. Like we said on your show, which is tell everybody again. Tales from the Long Box. And where can they find that? On the iTunes or wherever your friendly neighborhood podcasts are found. I guess <laughs> definitely the iTunes. Yes, it is on iTunes. Just type in Tales from the Long Box. It'll pop up. There you go. Perfect. Yep. Like I said, you cover all kinds of books. You'll go Marvel, DC, Image. I know you guys will probably talk about Rebirth. Yeah, yeah. I think we will be because that's coming up. Well, we still got a couple months, but that'll be exciting too. Yeah. But you guys don't – I haven't really heard you cover much Bronze Age stuff. So I figured throw throw something a little different. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's fun. It's always good to dig into that stuff because cause it's fun. You oh, never it, know what you're going to find. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Someone is being Mr. Active today. Holy, he wants to, uh, he would like to do the middle of I think is what he's saying. <laughs> you ate. Hush. Never had him do this, but I was recording. It's weird. Crazy dog. I bring out the best in animals. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank well, you. Thank you very much, Murray. So never no know if I find another good Bronze Age one and go, Murray, come back. More Bronze Age craziness. Perfect. Awesome. Awesome. Happy to do it. Anytime. Excellent. Excellent. So everyone, I urge you, go follow Murray over there. Be back here for next episode where we'll be covering 106 of Daredevil. While I try and shut the dog up. (laughs) He'll totally be fine. Stop it. (laughs) But he is going to get the last word in. Yes, he is. Little brat. (laughs) All right. Good night, everybody. (laughs) See ya. Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, is a fan-made production, and no copyright infringement is intended, or happening, or even understood. The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peacelovproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page. to where the Black Widow is watching the cops take Craven. Tra-
And 